Hello, and welcome to the Creek Podcast. This week, Lead Pastor Matt Oxley continues his series, Ecclesiastes, Finding Meaning in Life, with a message titled, A Time for Everything, taken from Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 15. We hope you enjoyed this message. Welcome to the Creek. Uh, I'm Pastor Matt. If this is your first time, welcome. Um, Go ahead and fill out that guest card, because I think this week we're going to start something new with that. Ryan said we're not going to be weird. I think we need to get weird this week, and we're going to show up at your... I'm just kidding. I'm going to stop right there before I go down a bunny trail that I don't need to go down. Um, before we get into the teaching, I want to do a couple of housekeeping things and, and hit a couple of things first. I want to say happy birthday to America. Um, we got to enjoy the 4th of July this week and uh, have barbecue and cookouts and hot dogs and fireworks and all the good stuff that we get to do. And so I'm, I'm grateful to live in the country we live in. The reason we get to do that is because there are men and women that have made a choice uh, to put their life into something bigger than themselves. And uh, in the first service, we honored a young man who is shipping out this week to join the Marine Corps. And so he starts basic training this week. Um, And it's uh, Jose Zavala. So if you think of him, pray for him, because those of you who have been through boot camp know what he's getting ready to go into. Um, So we got to celebrate him and love on him. And uh, we're grateful for that. I know we had had to send Luis off yesterday um, back out to California. And so different things are going on. We have a family in our church whose husband came home from Afghanistan this week and he gets two weeks of R&R. So we get to celebrate and do the things we get to do in America because there are people that are willing to say, I'm going to put my life into something bigger than myself. And we get to gather in this room because there are men and women that believe in freedom. And we gather here because we honestly understand this truth that we can only have the true freedom unless it comes through Jesus. And so we gather under him, and so I'm grateful that we get to live where we're at and we get to enjoy the freedoms we do. And uh, I just pray that you took a moment on July 4th uh, to thank thank those that did lay down their lives so that we could live in this country and enjoy it. I uh, want to say also thank you to those of you who brought Project Purge items. Uh, Last week, this stage was full. Y'all got a lot of stuff. I'm just going to say, it was full. There were trash bags piled up and everything. Um, and what we decided to do as a church is Project Purge. We went through our closets, got rid of some stuff because there are people that need what we have that we say, one day I'm going to wear that again. I'll be honest, I pulled a pair of pants out of my uh, closet and I couldn't tell you what color they were because there was so much dust on the hanger. Um, and I thought, and here's the crazy thing, we've only lived in that house for a year and a half. I've moved those pants four times dust. There's dust from three houses ago that I moved into that closet. And uh, so I cleaned them up and put them in the the bag. Uh, Debbie Harper leads up our uh, CPR projects team and she loaded up trucks and trailers and they went down to neighborhood needs in South Fort Worth. They opened especially for us last Sunday afternoon to receive all the stuff that you guys laid on this altar to bless and serve others with. They were overwhelmed with how much stuff uh, the Creek Church who doesn't said, man, we're just amazed at thank you. So thank you for being a part of that. Thank you for looking at all your stuff as a means and way to bless and serve other people. Um, I'm going to say this for Pastor Tammy and the Creek kids. Um, one way that you can bless and serve the families of our uh, Creek is uh, we have openings in the nursery and preschool. Um, and so I'm just going to leave it at that. If, if working with kids is not your thing, 
man, we're, we're going to be good, okay? Because it's not my thing either. So don't go just try working out in kids. Um, otherwise, you know, kids will come out of there screaming. You'll come out with hair being pulled out and everything. So here's what I believe. When God brings a need to our community, he also has the means to meet that need. So somebody, somebody in the first service or this service is hearing that, and that just might be God saying, you know what? Get in there. And so I'm going to leave it at that. We do a background check. So if you can pass a background check, you're good to go. So we've been journeying through the book of Ecclesiastes, and uh, I loved worship this morning. We had some old hymns, and that got me, man. I, I was like, yeah, my heart is full, loved worship. So I think we'll go truly Old Testament. I'm going to do some yelling and screaming and spitting this morning. I need a hanky because we're going to have some church up in here. I, you know, those of you who know me know that's, that's funny. But um, go, to, uh, go to Isaiah 46. And uh, we're going to start there. We're going we're gonna to take a little roundabout way to get to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We've been journeying through the book of Ecclesiastes and uh, just teaching that verse by verse. One of the things we like to do here at the creek is, is get in and just go verse by verse by Scripture. So we're not trying to read uh, ourselves into Scripture. We're saying, God, what does your word say? What does the truth of your word say? And how does that impact and change our life. How do we live life reflecting the truth of your word? And uh, Solomon, uh, he's a dark man. He's got a personality that tends to see the dark side of life. That's why I love him so much, uh, because I can get right in there. Solomon and I could sit down and have a great dinner together and talk about the oh yes. And so that's why I like Ecclesiastes. And uh, we're going to get to chapter 3 today. I'm going to go to Isaiah chapter 46. The interesting thing about all of us in here, is we're all in the same time and the same place. I mean, we're all, God brought us all in this place, and we're living in this time. We're together. But here's the, the flip side of that. We're all in a different time and place too. I mean, just as in the first service, we prayed for Jose um, as, he, as he's shipping out, and Luis shipped out Friday, and they're all in the same time. But we have one of our families that welcomed home husband and father for two weeks of R&R. You see what I'm getting at? We're all brought to the same time and same place, but we go through different times and different things. And, and I think that's important for us to understand because we all go through different seasons in life. Before each service on Sunday, we pray for you. Before you even show up, before probably some of you on the late service, before your alarm's even gone off, um, we're praying for you. And here's what we pray. We gather and we say, God, every person who walks through the door of the creek this morning, help us to enter into life. Because here's the reality. Some of you are going through the greatest time in your life right now. Things are good. And we pray, God, help us to celebrate and get in and, and, and be a part of that. And then on the flip side, someone in this room could be going through the darkest night of the soul. And we pray, God, help us to enter into that. Sundays, I go home literally physically, mentally, and spiritually exhausted because in the lobby, I, I, I try to be fully present. And I, I see our team doing the same thing. And, and somebody could come up and, and, and they've just gotten the best news and life is good. And I can't believe this. God is doing some amazing work. This morning we got to celebrate uh, somebody who, who is in remission of cancer, stage four cancer. And all we could do is give God the glory. And that's a celebration. And then we can turn around and it's the darkest thing for someone else. I've done hospital visits as a pastor where on one floor I go into ICU and it's the darkest night. And a few floors down, a family is giving birth to a child. 
People are in the same time and same place, but in a different time and different place. And what I love about God is he's over time. He's over time. Let me read to you Isaiah 46. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 8. Remember this. Fix it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there's none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. From the east I summon a bird of prey, from a far off land a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said that I will bring about, what I have planned that I will do. Listen to me, you stubborn hearted. You who are far from righteousness, I am bringing my righteousness near. It is not far away and my salvation will not be delayed. What God is saying is, is there's none like me. We sang about it all morning. There's none like me. I exist above time. The interesting thing about God is we, we look at a dot on this timeline of eternity. And God says, I don't just see your dot. I see it all. I see it from the beginning to end. I mean, we, we, we get caught up in the middle. I mean, think about this. Uh, we live in a great time, honestly. 2012, is, it's pretty amazing if you think about it. I mean, we're sitting here. Um, some of you brought in a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, by the way, we have some on the ends of the rows for you. You can take that. It's yours. In the first service, I saw a lot of people pulling out their phones and looking up the U version. You can get that free in the App Store, by the way. It's a great app for the Bible. And let me just say this, side note here. That's still the Scripture. Okay, I, I, I hear people say, well, no, it's got to be the Bible. If we were going to be that way, I'd have to teach to you from the scrolls, okay? And, and I really, I've got my backpack, but I don't think the scrolls are going to work in there. But we live in a great time. I mean, we've got some pretty cool things, internet, electricity, all these things that are pretty amazing. But I hear people say, if I could only live in this time period, I don't know if you've fantasized about this. I have and thought, if I could just live in the Wild West, you know? Like I could have my spurs and get my horse and, you know, come into town, you know? Like, yeah, the soundtrack would be like, you know? You know what I'm talking about? This is more for guys. I mean, girls, you probably fantasize about living in the Renaissance time where the, you know, the bustles and dresses, which you, uh, here's the truth. Those will knock you out, all right? It's truth. You try to put on that bustle stuff, you're going to faint. I don't know. What is a bustle? Isn't that the thing that... Girdle. Girdle. Same thing, right? 2012, it's called Spanx, right? Um, but we think about living in these different time periods... That's hitting some of you. That's like going through the wave. The rest of you will pick that up on the way home. Um, here's the thing about the Wild West, guys. Some dude could ride up and shoot you in the face because he wants your horse, okay? It was not an easier time. We always think about how easy times used to be. Or we like to teach our children how hard times used to be. You know, the 80s, that was a hard time, man. You have no idea. I mean, I'm just going from my point of reference, you know? You know, for some of you, maybe in the black and white days, you know, back in the 50s, it was, life was hard, you know. You don't want to be there, son. But 
we all think about these different times and places that we desire to live, right? Well, God has placed us exactly in the right time and exactly in the right place for a purpose. And one of my favorite scriptures is in Acts chapter 17. I told you we're taking a little ways to get to Ecclesiastes 3, but there really is purpose in this. Um, Acts 17, and I'm going to start in verse 24. This is probably one of my favorite passages of scripture. Uh, Paul says this, uh, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made every nation of men so that they should inhabit the whole earth. And here it is. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. What I love about that is God in his wisdom, whose ability to see above time has placed you in the exact place and in the exact time for the purpose of reaching out to him. You see, God knew that living in this time with all the technology, and I know y'all are addicted to Facebook. I mean, if you want to get ahead of the wave of psychology, start treating Facebook addictions, right? But we're thinking, oh, I can't, I can't go a day without Facebook. God has placed you in the Facebook generation so that you might reach out and find him. God knows exactly what he's doing in time and over time with time and through time. And that's important to understand because Solomon's, Solomon's getting ready to go into different seasons that we face in life. So let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 here. And this will be hard to read because some of you are going to be singing it because uh, there is a season, turn, turn, turn. You know what I'm talking about? And a time for every purpose under heaven. Ooh. Hey, there's worse songs to get stuck in your head, and I can help you with that. I'm going to stick with that one. Ecclesiastes 3, there is a time for everything. Underline that, there is a time for everything. If, you've got, if you're on the U version, highlight it, put it in your notes, however you want to manipulate that. But, but understand this, there is a time for everything. And Solomon says, and a season for every activity under heaven. And here we go, a time to be born, a time to die. I'll read it. You don't need that stuck in your head. I'm sorry. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and I think of Footloose and a time to dance. The old Footloose, the 80s version, the real Footloose. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What Solomon is saying is when you factor in the God of all time, he's saying look up because God orders time. God is in control of these seasons in life. That he will move us through seasons. Here, the challenge with us as, as humans and living in 
this humanity and this mess is we look at things around us and there's definite times to seasons. Think about it. I mean, we're in summer right now and, and it will end. Trust me, we'll get through this. The cooler days are coming and we'll have a, a marker on the calendar where fall begins. And then we'll go through the shortest day of the year and that begins winter. And then we get into this weird, funky thing with rats and shadows to decide where springtime ends or begins. But it's coming. I mean, we pretty much can see it because we see things starting to bloom on trees. We, it starts getting warmer. We start dealing with different seasons. And then we have the summer solstice. And it's the longest sunlight day of the year. We have these times on the calendar. The challenge with us in life is it's hard to define the seasons, if you know what I mean. We need to consider these seasons as ingredients in life not a buffet. Let me, let me help explain that. Uh, it, it takes several ingredients mixed together to make the recipe. I've been, I've been craving cake lately, like some just good chocolate cake, all right? That's chocolate cake. That's the, I love it. But in my quest for chocolate cake, I'm not, you're not going to find me in my pantry just eating spoonfuls of flour, all right? <laughs> When I was in youth ministry, we played a sick, twisted games on kids. It was beautiful. Um, but we, I remember one game, and I couldn't be on the stage most of the time because I have a low gag reflex, all right? But one of the games, it's called Bake a Cake. And these two students come up. God bless their hearts. But uh, they had all the ingredients to make a cake, and their mouth was the mixing bowl. Yeah, you can imagine where this is going. Yeah, they had to put the cake mix in their mouth, the flour, the egg, the milk, all that stuff. And here's how they mixed it. They had to, like that. And so they had to make the cake. <laughs> it's, it's a gross analogy. I get it. But track with me on this. We want to look at this list as ingredients because we all want the cake. But we don't like the flour. We don't like the bitterness of the salt. And we, we think of this list as a buffet that we move through life and go, okay, that's a season I want. I mean, I mean, look at this. We look at, we basically say good and bad, a time to be born and a time to die. I like being born. I don't want to consider death. Too many of us get way too scared to consider our death. You know, a time to kill and a time to heal. Some of you are 50-50 on that probably. Um, time to weep and a time to laugh. I want the laughter. Leave the weeping at the buffet. Time to mourn and a time to dance. Y'all are going to pick dancing, although some of y'all shouldn't. I'm just going to say. <laughs> you, you don't, well, never mind. Time to keep and a time to throw away and a time to tear and time to mend. Time to love and hate. We want to pick what we want. And, and God's saying, you know, when, when I exist over time and you look up and consider me, I'm ordering these seasons because I'm shaping you and I'm molding you. I, I, I know people in our church community and, and people that I meet where life just seems hard all the time. They all, it always seems like they're in the hard seasons. And like, when does it get better? And then I've seen people who, who they seem to have that ability to always be in the good seasons. And they think that's their relationship with God that he keeps me from all this hurt and all this pain. He lets me dance and I don't have to mourn. And I think that's a distorted view of God as well. 
God brings both of these into our life and these seasons in our life to shape us and mold us for his purpose. I think if God protected us from all the hurt, I think we would become very self-centered, egotistical, judgmental Christians. I, I really believe that. Because what we would do is we would look at other people who are suffering and having those dark, hard moments of the soul and go, if you only had enough faith. If, if you only could manage your finances better and be more obedient to God, you probably wouldn't be facing this. As if we think that a hard season is a punishment from God. And that is absolutely not the truth. I believe I've learned more in the hard seasons of life than I have in the good. I don't, I don't pray for hard seasons, don't get me wrong. And I don't encourage you either. You know, I don't know anybody that's going, God, my life is going great. Can you come and screw it up for me? I mean, yeah, just come on, bring, bring on some, something. I need some pain, you know. And some of us think that God's out to do that if we start enjoying life too much, that we think following Jesus has to be the somber, boring, lame experience. I think that's lame. I mean, God created us for adventure and excitement. And then and we want to think, well, as soon as we start enjoying life, God wants to smack us down and go, you can't have too much fun. Stop. Or and we think God's punishing us. That's not the case. Let's, let's understand the truth here is that it takes seasons to shape us and mold us and to move through life. And then we've got to understand that, yeah, there are these seasons that, that we understand God orders these seasons because the beautiful thing to think about is that God lets those seasons go through his hands. I mean, God actually considers me and says, okay, I'm going to let some rain fall on Matt. God looks at you. He says, I'm going I'm to let this happen. Read the book of Job. He says, I'm going to let this happen. Everything that we face has gone through God's hands. But don't just look up. I mean, look within. And don't get your theology wrong where if you just believe in yourself, you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It ain't possible. Try it. You can't pick yourself up by your bootstraps. You will end up frustrated and tired. But this is where Solomon starts to answer this question. Is, yeah, there's a season for everything, but there's also a reason. And we want, we want to get to the reasoning, right? Because we want to understand why we go through what we go through. We want to put some kind of meaning to our life. Let me read you verse 9 through 15. What does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for men than to be happy and do good while they live, that everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it, nothing taken from it. God does this so that men will revere him. Whatever is has already been and whatever will be has been before. And God will call the past to account. Solomon's saying, let's look within because there's, there's really three reasons that Solomon gives for these reasons that God ordains or orders these seasons in our life. The first one is God makes everything beautiful in his time. And the interesting thing is he makes, God makes everything beautiful in its time. We want to control that process. Let me tell you, some of y'all just need to let go of that. 
And I'll say, I'll say this to you, yes and amen, I get it. Because I like to control things. I like to control the circumstances. I like to be in control of the environment so that I can predict and even forecast the outcomes in a way that I can better manage. It's like this morning in the first service, man, when we rolled into that, that hymn, How Great Thou Art, it, it, just, it just got me. I mean, and I'm just, I mean, I'm having this moment with God and I was thinking, okay, I need to remember that because I don't want to be all teary and blubbering in the second service. And here's the thing, I knew it was coming. And I found myself back in that moment with God and I couldn't control. I was like, God, I just, I'm, so, I'm, I'm letting myself surrender into your arms. Some, some of you are in these dark, hard seasons of life. And let me tell you something, God makes it beautiful in his time. Corey Tim Boom used to go around on a, a teaching tour and, and talking about her experiences and her life and the, the hardships that she faced. And in reading about her story, you think if anyone has the right to be bitter towards humanity or even to God, it would be her. And she would come into schools. And, and I read a story about her on a... a tour speaking to students in the public school system. And as she sat on stage, she sat in a rocking chair and she was working on a tapestry. And she's talking about uh, how hard life was for her and the oppression that she faced and the persecution she faced. And all the while she's saying, but, but, but I knew something bigger was going on and she's working on this tapestry. From the audience's side, all you see are pieces of yarn and string and a mess. And you think, how can that be anything beautiful? We tend to take the hard times of life and let those become those messes that we see. And at the end of her talk, she says, but God sees it from a different perspective. And she turns what she's been working on around and it's this beautiful tapestry. You see, God makes it beautiful in his time we get caught up in the messes of the string and the yarn and think, how can this ever be beautiful? Some of you have gone through devastating hurt and pain and you wonder, God, how can this ever be beautiful? Some of you get bitter when you hear that God makes everything beautiful in his time because you think all you bring to the table is the hurt and the scars. And God can take that and say, look at this that as God orders time and is above time, he's working. Solomon also said that he set eternity in the hearts of men. He set something inside of us that has this eternal value. Uh, for those of you here, when we taught through the book of Colossians, it's that eternal purpose. And you can go back and listen to that, but we're all created with eternity in our hearts, that there is something in us that goes on. The, the sad part, and Solomon hits this, he knows this all too well, is that he'll take that eternal gap in his soul and he tries to fill it with something that's temporary. He tried to fill it with, with wives. He tried to fill it with buildings. He tried to fill it with success. He tried to fill it with partying. He tried to fill it with everything he could find to say there's got to be something more meaningful in life because I just have this vacuum in my soul. And God created us with that. He, it, it, I think it's that, that, that something deep within our soul that can remember what it's like to be in harmony with God back in the garden. 
And that because of the fall, that's broken and we're separated from that. But there's something in us that says, but there's got to be something more. And God said, I created that so you will understand that not only do I make everything beautiful in its time, but I'm working on something bigger than you. We tend to think that our world exists around us. Now, we can get into all of the scientific conversations about the belief that the world, the earth was the center of the universe and then, then the sun is the center of the universe. But let me tell you where we've, where we've gotten to in our day and age. The world revolves around me. You watch people drive and you get that. I mean, I'm moving over and you get out of the way because I'm the center of this highway. But we've become very self-centered. And God's saying, I'm working on something bigger than you. You are a part of something bigger than this. Every generation that's lived on the face of the earth believes that they're the greatest generation that's lived on the face of the earth. And I'll give it to you. There are some generations that I think are better than others. But we think, I mean, we're in the technology generation. It doesn't get any better than this. The access and connectivity that we have at our fingertips, the amount of productivity that we have, and all the things that we're able to do as humans that live in this time and this place, look at what we can do. In 60 years, they're going to go, that was like black and white TV. I can't, I have no idea how to speculate where it's going but we will not be remembered and another generation will come and pick up the task. There's something bigger than us at work. And God says, that's the eternity that's set in our heart. And some of you are thinking, okay, well, that's, that's great. So th- there's joy and sorrow in life. And I get that God's working on me to make something beautiful, but my life sucks right now. And so I'm having a hard time hearing you. I'm just being honest with you. And you're thinking, I get that God, he sees everything bigger than me. Don't don't miss this truth that God cares about every detail of your life. He's absolutely involved in every detail of your life. And some of us are like kids. We want to ask, why? Why, God? If you're a parent and have, have your kids in this season right now of them asking why, you know, why is the sky blue? Or, you know, can I have a snack? No. Why? Because we're getting ready to have dinner, but I'm hungry. Why can't I have a snack? Why? 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 Some of you parents, you know this. Why? Why? And you can just feel yourself being beat down and worn down. And you're like, because, and then you realize you're getting ready to say something that you said, I will never say that my mom and dad said, what is it? Because I said so. And you're like, what just happened? And, and we want to go, God, why? God, why? Why does there have to be hard things in life? God, why did you let this happen to me? Why now? Why this? Why can't I have something good? Why, God? Why, why, why? Why do you set eternity in my heart? And because I chase the wind and try to fill it with everything I can, why is there that gap? God, why, are you work- why don't you leave me alone? Why don't you work on your big picture over there? Because I'm... I'm my plate's pretty full right now. Why are you doing this, God? Why do you let these seasons happen in life? God, why can I one day be so great and life is good and one phone call later, disaster has hit my life? Why? Why do you do this, God? I think Solomon hits it in in verse 14. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. 
Here's the why. God does that so that men will revere him. Go back to Acts. God set the times and places that we live so that we may reach out and find him. Now this revere, it's also translated fear. And this isn't the cowering fear of God where we're we're worried about him being our killjoy or if we start enjoying life too much, he's going to come and smack us. You know, he's he's not a crazy parent that doesn't want us to have a good time. Some of us really believe that. All my life's going good, but God's not going to let me enjoy it too long. I get sad when I hear people say that. This fear is a healthy fear. It's like a reverence of God. Those same kids that are asking you why, 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 they want to say, you know, why can't we play soccer in the street? Because there's cars. I mean, that's, that's a busy street. But why can't we stop trying? Why, why can't I play in the street? Why, 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 why? And right before you say, because I said so, you're going to say this, because the cars will kill you. And they're like, but why? Because I said so. End of story. You play in the backyard. Got it? That, that's a, you're instilling a fear in your child of the street. Not that you want them to lay in their bed and start crying like, I'm afraid of the street. We can't drive on the street. I, no, You know what I'm saying? But you want them to understand that, hey, you don't go play in the street because it can take your life. What happens in that street can take your life. It's a healthy fear. It's a respect. Solomon's saying God orders all of the things in time and eternity and life and death and seasons so that you will have a respect and a reverence for me and a a healthy fear so that we can have a right relationship. Not to where we walk around cowering before God going, I hope he doesn't know. It's healthy. It leads to life. It's not life-threatening. I think when we fear God and have this reverence for God, we'll use our time wisely. He writes in verse 15, he says, whatever is has already been and what will be has been before and God will call the past into account. This, is, this, this sends a little bit of shivers up my spine because God's gonna call me to account for my past. He's gonna say, I gave you this amount of time. What did you do with it? And when we respect God and have a healthy relationship with God, we're going to use our time wisely. So what what do we do with all this? How do we leave here uh, with something that we can get our hands around? I think what Solomon says in verse 12 is this, enjoy life. Enjoy life. Well, how, how do I enjoy life? Now, you don't understand what's going on. I don't understand the details of your life. Let me tell you, God does. But let me tell you this. If times are good, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Don't sit in a good time and think, well, the bad's coming. It's like vacation. You take a Monday through Friday vacation. You have a hard time relaxing on Monday because you know Friday you got to go back to home, Right? You start stressing about your vacation because you got to end your vacation. Some of you are like, why, why does that happen to me? Enjoy it. If you're in a good season, enjoy it. Don't say, well, the bad's coming. Enjoy the season. If you're in a bad season, let me challenge you to do this. Learn, trust, respect, 
joy and rest. I'd focus in on joy and rest. Not just sitting in a bad season going, well, the good's coming. Or what we have a tendency to do is in a a hard season of our life, look back to when times were good. And we try to recreate the scenario or the emotions to get back into a good season. If you're in a tough season, start praying, God, teach me rest and teach me joy. Joy goes above our circumstances. I mean, we can be happy. Some of you are happy because it's hot. And I'm praying for you, man. Some of you will be happy. Some of you will be happy, happy when it's 50 degrees outside. And to that I say yes and amen. Let's pray for that. Happiness changes with the circumstances. Joy happens deep within your soul from that eternal aspect of your soul. And for some of us, we need to give full control to God. We're trying to control those seasons. Some of us are playing games with God going, no, God, I saw a shadow. I'm serious. Or no, there's no shadow there. No, that season needs to end. Let God have control of that and let him teach you in that season or, or let him give you contentment and enjoyment in that season. Make the most of the season that you're in. I can't always tell you why you're in it. You may never know why you're in it, but you can make the most with God to say, God, teach me all that I need to know. Shape me and mold me so that I look more like your son, so I look more like Jesus, so that I approach and I live through the seasons of life and time and death and eternity like Jesus. Because I'm convinced the only way we can have that that, that eternal meaning to the seasons we go through is through Jesus because you have the eternal God who exists above time, wrapped himself in flesh and stepped into the constraints of time. And he did that to say, I've got you. I've got you. He submitted himself to the seasons of life. Some of us need to let go of control and say, God, you've got this. I'm giving this to you. God, shape me and mold me so that whatever season I'm in, I reflect your goodness and I can praise you through it all. Let's pray. God, we, uh, we recognize that you are above time but we also know that through the truth of your word, you stepped into time. And we thank you that, that you did because we don't feel like we are here trying to learn about a God who just is outside of any situation we could face. But we know that you have faced it all. And God, I don't know where we're at in this room collectively. I know we're, we're all in the same time and the same place, but I also know we're in different times and different places. And you understand exactly where every one of us are. And I, I don't know what season we are in this room and the different seasons that are represented from the list that Solomon gave us in Ecclesiastes. 
but you do. And so I, I ask God that those that are in the good season, that you help bring enjoyment and fulfillment and not a fear that it's coming to an end, but an enjoyment of every day in that season and that every day of that season is lived to the fullest. And through how we live in that good time that we glorify you and recognize you as the source of all good things. Father, some in this room are in a season that's just at the darkest they've ever been. Never in life did they imagine that a season could be this hard or this hurtful or this long. Would you bring rest? Not just rest physically, but would you bring a rest to their soul? That through the eternity you've set in hearts that you can calm the soul. And would you bring joy? Not a circumstantial happiness, but a joy. And would you just in the depths of their soul whisper to them, I've got you. I've got this. Trust me. Father, for some of us, myself included, I need to give you full control because I like to set my time limits on seasons and circumstances so that I can predict. And I lay that at your feet and I just... I open my hands to you, God, and say, you have the control. Forgive me for trying to move your hand. But let your hand move us. And I just pray, God, that whatever season we're in, that we glorify you and we recognize you are the giver of all good things and that you are making everything beautiful in its time and that you are working on something so much bigger than us. And thank you for letting us be a part of the bigger picture. We love you and we trust you and we thank you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Marine Creek Church is located in Fort Worth, Texas. If you have any questions, feel free to visit our website at www.marinecreekchurch.com. Thank you.